This evening, a couple of minutes, I would like to share with you on suffering, the cause and effect. Suffering, the cause and effect. When we see or hear about the things that are happening in this world, you know, every car accident or every hungry person that we come across, every marriage that is falling apart, or every cancer victim that we come across, every rape, every abandoned child, or everyone who is struggling through poverty, the question that we ask, normally we ask is, where is God? You know, there are a couple of where questions we ask when we go through such difficult times in our lives. Where is God? Where is God? We also ask a couple of why questions. Why do people get cancer? Why there are earthquake came and, you know, just wiped away or destroyed the entire city? Why? Why such things happen in, our, in life? The girl, the girl who is down the street, she is kidnapped. Why? The house across the street got totally robbed. Why that happened? A beautiful baby survived only for a few hours or a few weeks, maybe for a few months. Why, Lord? The fire accident that killed all the seven children. Do you remember? that killed all the seven children. And a three-month baby was included in that. It just happened right here in Halifax. Right? A few months before, in this year. So we asked the question, why, Lord, why? And there is no easy answer to that question. Why? Sometimes when things happen to our lives, we ask, why me? Or why it's now? Why it has to happen at this time? Why, Lord? Why am I suffering? We know, I remember we have been, you know, right now we have been praying for a three-year-old girl, baby, by name Lydia from Minneapolis, who is suffering through a rare child, uh, childhood bone cancer called Ewing sarcoma, if you know any of you. And, uh, you know, yesterday or day before or this week, sometime they arrived at her treatment plan, and that plan includes seven to eight months of chemo for the three months baby, sorry, three year old girl baby, and six weeks of radiation. And I heard even it involves taking her ovaries out of her and preserving them because it cannot go through the radiation and the treatment. And later on, it can be put back. You know, this is the world we are living in. And I, and I believe we don't have any reason to complain. You know, sometimes we take things granted and then we complain about what we have and what we don't have. But when we look around, there is no reason at all. We don't have any complaints. Thank God. And just move forward. There is nothing to complain. Nothing to murmur. Just take everything that just comes on our way and keep moving. So this evening... Just want to understand what suffering is all about, what pain is all about, because all of us go through it sometime or other. 
But before that, I want to say what suffering is not. You know, it's important to know what suffering is not in a, in, in a little spiritual context. Suffering is not a sign of holiness. Somebody told you like that, it's wrong. I'm going through so much because I'm trying to be holy. No, it's wrong. It's foolishness. Suffering is not a sign of holiness. Suffering is not a means to gain God's attention. No, not at all. Suffering is not a means to control our flesh. No, Bible doesn't say that. We don't need to suffer really to prove that we are children of God. Not at all. We don't want to invite suffering or live in suffering. Bible in fact says suffering must be avoided. Even Jesus avoided sufferings until when it was required to fulfill the will of God. You remember? When they were about to stone Jesus, he did not stay there. He did not stay there and took all the stoning on him, but he just disappeared. He just went away. So suffering is not something we want. It is something we need to avoid. We read that in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, 14, this is what Bible says, in the day of prosperity. I have more scripture today evening to show more than what I speak. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. If you can help me reading. But in the day of adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. So in the day of prosperity, be joyful. Be happy when the, for the days that God has given to us on the face of this earth. That's what the scripture says. Let's try to find out what really causes suffering. Why there is suffering. You know, we know a couple of answers. We're just try, trying to put them together. What causes suffering? Why there is suffering? Number one, we know that we live, we suffer because we live in a fallen world where sin reigns in the heart of men. The number one reason why we suffer because we are living, you know, sometimes it helps you to teach somebody because the person who is working with you, he, she keeps asking you, you know, why all these sufferings, why all these pains and we don't have an answer and today we get an answer and you can share that with them. Number one reason why we suffer, we live in a fallen world. We are going to read Genesis chapter 3 verses 16 to 18. We know the scriptures, Genesis chapter 3 verse 16. When man sinned, when men and man and women, when they sinned against God, you know, they incurred, incurred curse on themselves. And this is the curse that Jesus, God pronounced over women. What is the curse? To the women, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Somebody can come and preach that Jesus removed all the curse. Still women go through birth pain? Yes, that's not removed. Right? We need to be careful when we apply scripture over scripture. Right? So, so that's the curse. And go ahead. Next scripture, verse 17 says, Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. 
entire you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And verse 18, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Verse 19, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and dust you shall return you know these are the curses that came upon the land we are talking about why people suffer today number one reason because we are living in the fallen world you know still devil is at work bible in fact says he is the prince of the air even though god has an ultimate control devil is powerful the evil is powerful so powerful it's a supernatural power that is working against the children of god and this devil he causes pain he causes hurt and he takes you know in fact he takes great pride when people say that people blame god you know for all the sufferings that we go through when we blame god you know he just was waiting for that moment actually he wants to see people blaming god and he takes great pleasure and pride in doing that number one reason why we go through sufferings is because we are living in a fallen world number two we suffer because of our own foolishness. Somebody said something about this before. I don't know who. We suffer because of our own foolishness. When you turn back and think of the moments, think of the wrong decisions that we made in our lives. We go through that struggle. Nobody could be blamed. Neither our parents, nor God. It was our decision. But then we struggle through it, we suffer through it lifelong. Some of those wrong choices that we made in our lives. Because Bible says what we sow is what we reap. Now there is no remedy over that. What we sow is what we reap. That's what Bible says. We, let's, let's go to Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is mo not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. You know, that's why we need to be very careful. That's why we need to be very, be very careful what we do with other lives. Because what we do is what, we, what comes back to us. And verse 8, verse 8 says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. In due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So what we sow is what we reap. So number two reason, we suffer because of our foolishness. You know, sometimes we have questions, Lord, why it's happening in my life? And probably this you know, evening we are trying to fit and see where, why, why that suffering came in my life. And what am I going through today? Why it is because, because of what, for what it happened. Number three reason why it's suffering. We sometimes suffer because it is God's discipline. Can you say that with me? Because it is God's discipline. Bible says, let me go to the scripture right away, otherwise you'll have trouble. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6. For those, can you read that with me? For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Another version says, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and he scourges every son he receives. God disciplines our lives. 
You know, sometimes when we go through pain, we murmur, we complain, we struggle, but we need to remember that we are children of God. And if we are sons and daughters of God, what God does? He disciplines us. He corrects us. He corrects us. So we go through sufferings. We go through suffering and pain in our lives. You know, at times because God disciplines us. There's one more reason why you go through sufferings. We may suffer because of persecution that comes because of our faith. You know, especially when you take a stand to stand, something, you know, which you know, very, which is true. The moment you come to know that it's, that it's a truth, the human nature is to stand for the truth. And when we try to stand for the truth, people don't like you. They attack you. And there is a suffering. There is a persecution. You know, I know some of you are sitting here. You have come through that persecution. You have come through that suffering because of your faith in Lord Jesus. Because you wanted to worship the Lord in the right way. And you have gone through that suffering. You are neglected by your family. You are neglected by your society. It's because you married somebody else who doesn't belong to your community. Or whatever reason, you know, for the sake of God, you did that. For you know, many times when we go through, when we take such decisions to stand faithful to the Lord, for, the, for God, suffering comes our way. So we, suffering comes our way because we are standing faithful to the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 says, Yes, all, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution suffering is something which cannot be removed from the life of a Christian suffering is something that cannot be removed from the life of a child of God because God loves us and he has his own ways and he has his own plans in our lives you can just go to the previous slide so the previous slide we see the different reasons why uh, you know we go through suffering so number one we are living in a fallen world number two because of our own foolishness, the foolish decisions that we make. Number three, because at times God disciplines us. Four, we suffer persecution because of our faith. Now if you ask a question whether God punishes you, God makes, brings suffering in you, God give, inflicts suffering in your life, God doesn't do that. But God allows. Who is the one who brings suffering and pain and you know, trouble in your life? The devil. Are we clear? The devil is the one who brings, not God. But then you know, at times God allows certain things in your life because he wants to discipline you. He wants to discipline you. you know, do you remember the good old days when we were disciplined by our parents? Right? Yesterday we were talking about, uh, you know, we had a quick discussion with my uh, mother-in-law at home. Right? So about how... They were bringing up their children, and you know who is one of their child, children, right? So uh, they were bringing up, and um, the, the younger one, younger uh, daughter, not Joy, the younger, younger to Joy, right? So, so, um, so first Joy comes you know, there with, um, with her progress report uh, to be signed. You know the progress report to be signed by parents? It's a big deal, right, in our nation? When you want to sign that progress report, and for that reason, most of us learn, you know, how to sign, you know, like our dad, right? Our, uh, like our father, you need to learn first. That's the first thing you need to learn, so that all the progress report can be signed by us, not by your parents, right? 
it's not a good idea it's not a good idea so 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 first joy goes through you know her progress report and dad looks at that and um, always joy is okay most of the time joy does good no not really okay <laughs> so so Joy's progressive report is looked at, and then, okay, Joy is only 75% okay? Then, okay, Joy has to show her hands, and there's, there are two beatings by his dad. Okay, now, now next, Joy's brother comes. His progress report is, you know, he's only 65%. So he comes, and then he gets a little more beating, right? And the younger one comes, right? Our younger children always, you know, they are so precious, right? Right, so parents' heart is always with them. So now, younger one comes, and she, Comes with, um, she comes lost and just sneaks through and then, you know, puts the progress report in dad's table and just sits there. And dad calls, come inside, right? And dad looks at the progress report and she needs more reading, right? So come. And she said, no, I'm not coming. Right? And then dad says, right? Then, then she'll say, if you don't sign, I'm not going to school. I'm going to sit here. Let me see what you do, right? And poor dad, what he will do after some time, he'll just sign and then give the report, go anyway. You know, dad and parents, they have a good intention of their children. The reason why they cause little pain, so that, you know, there will be a little discipline. You know, you can't do this in this nation. You know, we're talking about in our nation, right? So, <laughs> so where we are from. So, 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 you know, even parents, at times, they do little pain, cause little pain. The objective is to bring little discipline. You know, how much more our Heavenly Father cares for us. You know, there is foolishness in every child's heart. By That's what the Bible says. And that foolishness, you know, grows along with us as we grow. But now we can't be dealt with our parents, by our parents. It's God has to deal with. You know, sometimes children grow up, that's what we say. Now, I don't know, I can't do anything now. Now God has to handle I tried my level best and I'm helpless. Now God has to do something. Now God starts dealing with. And you know what? When God starts dealing with our lives, sometimes it's not that easy. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We all go through it at times. So suffering can come for various reasons. Now what the sufferings can do for a child of God? That's the next question we are going to ask. Suffering is painful, hurting, but it does a lot of work in our lives. Number one, suffering develops character. Suffering develops character. Romans chapter 8 verses 28 to 29. Let's read quickly. And we know that all things work together. Yeah, read, read with me. For good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. And verse 29 says, for whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know, we need to be conformed to the image of son. Who is son? Jesus. And our characters need to be, you know, changed to become like Christ. And that character development comes through sufferings. I'll tell you how it happens in you know, a few minutes. Let's go to the second one. Suffering keeps down our pride. Suffering keeps down our pride. Do we, do we know what pride is? All of us know. We all have pride in us. 
We all have ego within us. Yes? We need to admit, we all have. We all have pride within us. And God has to work in our lives. Let's read the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted, these are the words of Paul, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Some suffering, some struggle. You know, some theologians, they say that it is a sickness in his body and whatever it may be, thorn is always not good. It is always causing trouble. It is always causing pain. A thorn in the flesh of Paul that was given to Paul, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. In other words, I would not become arrogant. That's what Paul is saying. That pain is given in my body so that I would not become arrogant. You know, there are times when we go through pain, when we go through suffering. You know, God is working in our lives. If that pain is not causing pain, you know, if that, 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 that thing is not causing pain in our lives, many times, you know, we are puffed up with pride. And God cannot work in our lives. And nobody can approach us because we are always prideful. And for God to work in our lives, Sometimes he allows that suffering. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we go through that pain in our lives. And even we pray over and over again as Paul prayed. But it's not going. But it's not going. It is something that God works in our lives to develop our characters, to bring pride down. Number three reason. Number three, what it does in our lives. Suffering brings continued dependency on God. Suffering helps us to depend on God. You know, there are times in our lives, you know, God expects us to depend on Him for everything. But you know, we walk away from God. But because of that pain, we started seeking God. You know, have we come across many testimonies, in, you know, even people sharing that, you know, I was doing this and that, and you know, finally, I became sick. And I could not do anything in my life. And I was going through all sort of troubles in my life. And eventually what happened? I need to come back to God. I need to start seeking God. And when I start seeking God, listen to me. When I start seeking God, you know, I see, I started depending on God. You know, how many of us won't pray? Listen to me. How many of us won't pray when everything is going well? When everything is going well, we don't feel like praying. Right? But when trouble comes on our way, then we come running to God. You know, that's the nature of human. That's how we are made. But God expects us to depend on Him. God wants us to depend on Him continually. Suffering brings continuous dependency on God. Psalm 119 verse 71. The psalmist says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted means it is good that I have pain it is good that I am going through suffering in my life that I may learn your statutes your commandments you know how many of us are able to say that it is good that I have this problem in my life it is good that I have this problem in my family so that I come to God more often now I pray more often and God wants us to depend on him you know, many times, let's move further. Our faith gets tested. When suffering comes in our lives, what gets tested? 
Our faith gets tested. We all stand, you know, strong when everything is going well. But when things are not well, we feel very weak in our faith. We feel very weak in our faith. And Bible says God tests our faith. And when he tests our faith, why he is allowing the test to happen to our faith? Not to destroy us, but to make us more strong. Make us stronger. More faith. You know, when we try to do something for God, or when we try to handle a problem, you know, at times we get discouraged. We don't know what to do. We don't know to whom to go. Our faith is very low, very, very feeble. But you know what? We pray to God and God answers that prayer and our faith gets increased. Now we have more faith. We have more faith. You know, let's read the scripture. First Peter was, uh, chapter 1 verses 6 through 9. First Peter chapter 1 verses 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice. I'll read that for you. Though now for a little while, if need be, First Peter chapter 1 verse 6 through 9. If need be, you have been grieved by various trials, verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That means faith is more precious than gold. It is tested for honor. You know, when we go through sufferings, when we go through pain, when we go through all these troubles, our faith in God is increasing. Finally, what suffering does to us. Suffering prepares us to help others. Suffering prepares us to help others. I want to read one scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Blessed, can you read that with me? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that, read that carefully, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. You know, that's the part I, that's wanted. God who comforts us, in all our tribulations, and why he comforts us in our troubles? That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. You know, when we go through trouble, and we come to God, and God comforts us, God delivers us, and God helps us to come out of those troubles in our lives, so that we can go and help somebody. You know, there, today there are many lives around us, they are broken. They are broken. You know, most of the time when I try to pray with somebody, the first thing they do is just cry. Why? Because there is so much of brokenness. There is so much of brokenness in everybody. And God is calling all of us to work, to bring comfort, to bring healing to someone who is going through trouble. Think about your apartment. Think about your street where you are living. Everything looks good from the outside. Everything looks peaceful from the outside. But nobody knows what's, what they are going through in their lives. We don't know how many of them really wet their pillows overnight. We don't know how many of them had sleep, have sleepless nights. Months after months. Just simple reason is brokenness. Simple reason is pain and suffering. Everywhere. The reason why we go through pain at times is God is preparing us to comfort somebody. 
You know, today what you are going through and tomorrow when someone else go through that, you will be able to go and say that, I went through it. And I, I overcame that. I went through it and I was depending on God. And God helped me. I came through it. You can do the same thing. I'm helping you. I can pray for you. I can share my life with you. God can comfort. The good news is God is always with us through this suffering. Because he says, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. He's always with us. Can you just imagine he was with us or with the disciples in the boat? Remember that? There was a great trouble. There was a great suffering. But Jesus was with them in the boat. Remember God was the son of man. Man was in the fire. As Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were in the fire. Jesus was there. And God is always there with us. That's the comfort. Bible says he's a high priest who understands our weaknesses. He's a high priest who knows our pain. Who knows our trouble. You know, people may not understand. People may not know. But Bible says God understands us. He knows our trouble. And the suffering that we are talking about today, we are going to just close and pray. This suffering is not going to stay forever. That's what Bible says. That's what Debbie was mentioning here. Let's read two verses. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. Romans 8, 18. Paul says, for I consider that. Can you read that with me? I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It is true that we go through pain, we go through disappointments, we go through discouragements and struggles and sufferings, but it is no way compared to the glory. What he's talking about? The eternity. The eternal heaven which is yet to come. And this evening God is telling us, God is with us in, this, in our struggle, God is with us in whatever we go through in our lives, in our pain, in our, our situation. One more, let me read one more scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Paul says again, for our light affliction, light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The trouble that we go through on the face of this earth, that is for a moment, it is going to last 10 more years, 20 more years, 30 more years, 40 more years, 50, 60 more years. But the glory, the joy that God has kept for those who seek him, those who follow him, those who live a holy life, God has kept a glory for them which is yet to come, which is yet to come. And God wants us to rejoice in that. You know, there are certain problems that's not leaving from our body, that's not leaving our family, but God is telling us that you, you forget those things and just rejoice in the joy that I have kept for you. And Bible is very clear. Our suffering is going to end and God is going to comfort you. Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. Can you read this together and then we are going to pray. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. You know, that's where our dear ones are. That's where our beloved people are, you know, those who left us, they are already there. And God is preparing you and me. One day then we will be there too. And we don't need to go through the pain that we are going through. 
You know, sometimes when people go through, when they are struggling with terminal illness, in the last few of days of their life is, you know, very tragic. The kind of pain, you know, that's unbearable. The amount of pain they go through in their body is unbearable. We sit next to them and tell this scripture to them and say that there is no death. There is no sorrow. There is no pain. You know, you are going to transition into the heavenly realms and God is going to wipe away everything. God is going to remove every fear, every, every pain from your body. You know, as I was sitting in the, at the deathbed of my mother uh, in the month of uh, January, even though she, she, she quickly went into coma, even, even though she couldn't listen. You know, I was reading the scripture. There was another sister who was helping me. And we were reading the scripture and speaking to her, you know, by faith, speaking to her spirit, the saying that God will wipe away every tear. It's enough that you have gone through enough struggle on the face of this earth. It is time that you are going to get translated into the heavenly realms. And there is no more pain. The pain that you go through because of your you know, medical condition, because of your situation right now, you don't need to handle that pain anymore. Because God is going to remove everything. There is no pain. There is no sorrow. Shall we all stand for a moment this evening?